Yeah, the whole I droid did. bar scene, it's quite touching. When they're like, we want to serve humans, and they made us, and then they all chirped. I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, little little R2 sounds. <laughs> like, oh, let's go. Raw, raw, go team. <laughs> Welcome to the What's Our Verdict Podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Carter. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner. And what's up, Doc? Better red than dead. <laughs> Alec Burgess. <laughs> Let's get it. I think that might have been your most like accurate one that you've ever done. Though I still can't get over suffering succotash. That yeah, I feel like I do a pretty good job on the I say, I say when I do that. Uh, well, no, you do have good. a very good foghorn leghorn. Yes, you do, sir. Yes, you do. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. We're here live to talk about the Mandalorian chapter 22 Guns for Hire. Um, it's interesting, I didn't know really how to feel about it. I wanted to hate it, but I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> why, yeah, so explain to me. I'm just a casual Star Wars fan. Why, why should I hate it? Could I hate it? Well, it had nothing to do with Star Wars as to why I wanted to hate it. It was like it was Jack doing. Black. It was Lizzo. Lizzo, <laughs> like that's the and even Jack Black I didn't mind, but like Lizzo, and then the weird like and then like Christopher Lloyd and it was like the big huge there's some star power yeah i mean it was crazy but like yeah i wanted to hate it but i actually enjoyed it i'm not gonna lie i i had fun with it i like said i could have done without lizzo she added nothing for me because she can't act her way out of a i was gonna say box the acting was subpar even christopher Lloyd, like i don't know he's past his heyday or something it just didn't he was really like 95 yeah, yeah he's old didn't re- it didn't really work like he he's had it in the past but i think it's it's past him yeah i mean it was fun to see him it was interesting but i mean it also started with like the weird corn and mon calamari like love story thing like i did, I, I was like i don't understand like it was just weird to me that they started with that and then it, again that one felt like it was supposed to be like a big cameo because if you guys noticed did you guys recognize the voice or who you thought was the voice based on the voice of the kid the mon calamari he sounded no. like a very big actor but it wasn't him it was his little brother it sounded like tom holland but it was oh. tom holland's brother that voiced I don't have a crush on Tom Holland, JJ, so I didn't make that connection. I just was like, he sounds like Tom Holland. I, (laughs) it it was really just kind of that thing. Um, But yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, yeah, it was, they just tried too hard in a lot of real weird ways. And so I wanted to hate it, but I had a good time with it. And I thought the story was really good. Like it was an interesting take on like the different, political views and like droids as humans i guess or like people i I thought it was interesting so i liked it as much as i didn't want to like it yeah the whole droid bar scene it's quite touching when they're like we want to serve humans and they made us and then they all chirped i was like (laughs) yeah yeah little little r2 sounds (laughs) let's go raw raw go team Oh goodness! Yeah, I I can't be mad at it. 
I thought it was pretty funny at moments. I thought Jack Black always makes me laugh because he's ridiculous, but he's fun. So I thought that was cool. But yeah, I could have done without Lizzo. And I didn't, I could have done without the weird love story at the beginning because I just added no value except to show that we now know that this band of Mandalorians that have been working is uh, basically the night owls are the ones that probably boosted Gideon. Mm -hmm. And so that we've, we've created some future conflict between all parties. (laughs) So it'll be hard to keep for Boke tank to keep that connection when one side freed the guys that have a real beef with the other side. And yeah, it's a mess. So, but I did like that story too. Like, and I liked that they finally gave Boke tan the, the dark saber. I was surprised that they hadn't figured it out earlier and maybe he was just biding his time. <laughs> Dalton's here. Dalton? Dalton is Dalton? here. Check out Dalton. Yeah, man. Just seeing Black Jack Black pop up on the screen for the first time was the best part of this episode. It, it was funny. Well, it was also funny because I just saw we're about to record Mario. And yeah. Mar- he, I was like, oh, I just heard Jack Black yesterday. And I was like, oh, wait, he's here today. Like Jack Black doing Blackjack things. Yeah, he's all over the place. All right, Alec, you look like you're in pain. I want to hear your thoughts. I'm just confused. Okay. With several parts. So I didn't understand the whole kind of separatist subplot with Christopher Lloyd. Because mm. a big part of like the actual movies is that the separatists went bye bye. Gonzo. Um, and aside from a couple isolated pockets of battle droids, like there was a lot of battle droids stuck on plus year 15. Which, even though they were you know cattle pretty much it's uh not something that anybody would just leave lying around as easy as it was to reprogram them so i didn't buy into that and i was going like what's the point of putting battle droids in there you could have done anything um and still come across with the same basic concept so i was sitting there i I spent way too long trying to figure out why battle droids and then one of them was apparently an Olympic sprinter. Like, go you, dude. <laughs> I wanted to get away. It was doing so well. Um, and the other thing was the big fight at the end with Bo-Katan and uh, what's his bucket? Alex Wolf or whoever. Yeah. Dude, she knocked him down in the first two seconds of this fight. And it would have been one in the next two seconds. But somehow... He he makes a fight out of it. No, dude. She comes in, kicks him on his ass, dodges a couple of wrist rockets, two to the chest, one to the dome. This guy's done. <laughs> <sighs> and I was and I was just you didn't need that. Um, and so a lot of what I saw in this episode was just kind of pointless filler mm. to the point where it was just unnecessary. And this is almost to the point of, you know, having like a big kind of cliffhanger at the end of last episode um and then having a filler episode that's a lot of like season one stuff where you're still kind of tying in the big lore and you know doing a bunch of story but now it's like you're following a story arc focus on that like you don't need to kind of leave this mystique anymore you've got the meat of your show go get it um because i left this episode going okay cool like i'm not super excited for next week (laughs) 
Um, in the contrary, like in the last episode, I was like, dude, I can't wait for Mandalorian. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, cool, whatever. And I'm going to watch it because I have to, but I'm not, you know, super excited about it. Yeah. So there's a couple of moments where I was like, ah, man. Fair. And though, I think Alec, the- you forgot to end your your uh, synopsis with I have spoken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. I did like seeing the Ugnots. Yeah, the Ugnots were fun and having him talk about it. Um, I, 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 uh, I can see what you're saying. I didn't mind it because it brought back stuff that felt like got left behind in all of like the deep lore stuff because that was always one of Mando's things was like the the anti droid thing and so having that back and like those like i love the line he's like you had me at battle droids especially because those are the and i think that was the key to this like why the battle droids was because they're like din jaren's nemesis right like he he doesn't like droids in general but battle droids are the ones that killed his family almost killed him so he has like a serious vendetta against battle droids in general and i thought that was hilarious shit when he was just kicking them he starts kicking him. He's like, one of them will react. <laughs> it was just like, so I, I, yeah. So, I mean, I get that. I don't know that I, I don't know that they did it as well as they could have. I don't know if it was written very well um, for what they were trying to do. So I get what you're saying there, but I didn't mind that. And I actually, yeah, the fight was a little unnecessary. I would have liked to have seen. Yeah. I was excited when it seemed like she was just going to be like, whoop his ass because he shoots the rockets and then she just beats then it was like this fight got elongated or whatever I, i'm with you i could have seen him doing it really quickly what's wrong with mandalorians fighting mandalorians i've never even seen it. i didn't have a problem with it let it happen no i mean i was okay with it like i was okay got with to the see fight. them use all their goodies her the fire her shield the the wrist cable i you just had to see all them use all their stuff i was cool well, with it yeah but she started so heavy with her opening move that that fight's done like tell it was wasn't done. with it yeah, yeah but see have her come in a little less strong and then it makes a little bit more of a fight versus I this i was like oh dude that guy lost he's done i didn't have a problem with it all it showed me is that she had more tricks in her bag than he did yeah i mean i was okay with the fight i i'm just saying that i don't disagree with alec in that i would have been perfectly okay if the fight had ended with the drop kick like <laughs> just because it was well like, sure what yeah. it shown how badass she was fine hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna disagree with that notion but did i mind having two more minutes of mandalorians fighting each other no sure i was okay with that i too. did because i was like this fight should already be over <laughs> <laughs> i didn't need it didn't want it but if it was in black and white you would have liked it oh absolutely <laughs> here we go <laughs> <laughs> at least it wasn't in letterbox nobody likes that shit you uh, know what this episode did touch up well, i should i'm gonna go off on a slightly different tangent than where jj is going so jay finish sure. up what you're gonna say and then I'll, I'll get a little rando no i was just saying it felt to me like they were touching on things that they've forgotten especially early on with like these weird coruscant episodes and episodes that don't matter and i so i felt like the only thing that feels like it's getting put on the back burner this entire season for the most part is grogu which i think is weird since that's the trigger for the whole thing i honestly think they should have left him with luke I get that's why a lot of people watch it, but I think you've established because right now they're just wasting this character. He's just like cute father. Cat to Lizzo, right? Yeah. He was like, here, I'll make her win on this weird game that they're playing. And 
like croquet meets something i don't know bug wars wonderland shit going on yeah yeah yeah. so but i'm i I was actually pretty okay with like how they treated mandalorian bo katan i am loving katie sackoff and i like her anyway but she's killing it as bo katan i'm more interested in bo katan right now than i am even in din jaren and i like their dynamic quite a bit so i'm enjoying that so overall, like I like said, I wanted to hate it because of the weird shit that was in it, but I actually had a good time watching this episode. All right, Matson, let's hear it. Random stuff. I got to go back to what Alec talked about with the Olympic sprinter being the battle trade. I couldn't help just thinking back to episode two of Star Wars with how rigid and, you know, when they're walking, there's just like they have the arm out. And that's all you think that they can do because that's all we have seen them do. And I didn't know that this machine could run like a scared little boy with its mom chasing after it. <laughs> um, it but I, I did like it. They, they did a good job making droids and such feel human. Like, and I, I was like, Oh, like I just, I, next time I watch episode two, I'm going to be like, they can move better than that. They, these guys have hips, they have kneecaps. They, they, maybe they don't want to fight right now, but you know what? They're following goddamn orders right here. Uh, so that was one but then the other one that made me think of real life though that this episode touched upon uh, that people are starting to talk about especially with AI coming about and the rise of machines that can do things is maybe one day living in a society when we have that what they call like universal income basically where we all don't have to work one day because that's what the city was about these people were just out there party and do whatever they wanted and it was interesting to just see what that could look like in a Star Wars universe perspective, because it's not happening in our lifetimes for sure, but maybe in some lifetime, two, three hundred years from now, it may be that. Yeah. Sounds awful. And I don't know how I feel about that, because it sounds great for a little while, but then, like, once you just start living that, I wonder if I would get bored. You'd be like those people in Wally. Stuck on yeah, the floor, rolling around. Fat people recliners. Yeah, one hundred percent. What do you What do you think about that, Jay? If you were, if you could do that now, do you think you would get bored? No, <laughs> dude. To not have to like, like I was all for that shit. When they start talking about, it, I was like, when Christopher, yeah, when Christopher Lloyd's like, dude, if we shut them down, they'll have to go to work. I'm like, don't shut that shit down. Get your hand off the button, bitch. Because I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down, dude. If I don't have to like cook, clean, work, I can just hang out, record podcasts, play video games, like not have to worry. And I'm down, one hundred percent down. But the problem with that is, on a deeper level, there's not, and they show the extravagant piece, right, with Jack Black, Captain Bombardier, and freaking, you know the duchess and whatnot and all these people, but we don't see the underbelly of, we see a little bit of it with like the people that are running the droids, like with Christopher Lloyd and his group, like they weren't obviously non-working and wealthy. And so there's a level somewhere you don't have a high level of society like that without a lower level holding them up. And some of that's the droids, but where are the people maintaining the droids? Where are the people, you know what I mean? We see a little bit of it and it might still be better than what it could be because the droids are doing the shit that nobody wants to do. But there's, 
society just doesn't work that way. There, there's no such thing as a purely utopian society. It's impossible. So I thought yeah, it was it, just, it takes some reworking of my brain because I feel like my sense of purpose, mm. which I still struggle with today because what I the life I'm living, it's great to have Tay and our dog. And I mean, my job is my job. I'm not someone I mean, I think most people in this world work because we have to. It's very rare that you are working because you want to like it's your passion. I think that's like honestly for me, I think it's like one percent of the people out there. I just I just don't really if you gave all of us on this podcast ten million dollars tomorrow, we're not doing what we were scheduled to do Dude, tomorrow. I'd sell out for a lot less than ten million. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean you gave me you gave me I need more than a million probably like two million then maybe we're talking i'd, I'd figure out a way to make it happen yeah, i do something thousand i'm gone <laughs> <laughs> i love it but then i'm like i that's one thing i'm excited about having a kid is because i feel like it it gives me more of a, a sense of a purpose and like a legacy and being able to t- teach and and love something more than myself and maybe if i still had that but i didn't have to work and could just spend time with those people Maybe there's something to be said for that. That would give me more. But if it was just me and I didn't, wasn't connected to anything and I didn't have to work and could do what I wanted the way I'm wired, at some point, I'd still have an identity crisis to an extent unless I my do, new identity was become the best Rocket League player out there. Like maybe that's what I started to do. Or, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's just it's nothing I'll ever have to have the answer for. But it made me think about that watching this episode about where where and what I would ultimately spend my time with and how much I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Cause I don't love what I do for work. Like I would be done tomorrow. There's a lot of things I'd be done with, but at the same time, I know when I have too much time on my hands, when I come out of that after a certain period of weeks, I miss having something to do that feels like I have to do it. Cause then when I return to video games or sports or whatever, I know it's more finite and I tend to enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have that problem. Uh, it, like I enjoy what I do for work, but there are plenty of things that I'd rather do than work. And, and that's like, for me, it would be like, if I didn't have to take eight to nine to 10 hours a day, depending on the day to work, for another for an organization that i don't own that i don't really get other than my salary and my you know what i get from them in that regard doesn't do anything for me so yeah i would there's plenty of things i'd rather do work in my house work in my yard play video games and all those things take a back seat most of the time because i need to get paid because i like money yeah and maybe so. i just go travel for months on end and and then i go volunteer and help people and that's what you you do so yeah. i mean i'm i'm sure i'd find a way to make it work yeah i'd be recording a, this episode from like scotland or something <laughs> somewhere not in utah with snow bagpipes exactly um yeah but yeah i mean it was an interesting take that's why i said i really like the politics of the show because that comes back to christopher lloyd and the separatist yeah i mean the separatists lost the war obviously because they were set up to lose the war Um, the clone wars but i mean i thought it was interesting like i didn't see it coming when he's talking about you know count dooku was a visionary and like the separatist was like a great thing and i was like i mean that's interesting to me because you don't hear about the separatists since the clone war ends right but the same is 
when we watch, you think about the original trilogy at the end of it, what happened to the empire? It doesn't just go away, right? Like it, it's something that big and that structured and organized doesn't just fall away and disappear. It's got to be the same with the separatists. The separatists were that movement was large and they had a huge droid army. And, and I love that they mentioned like the tech that was used was part of the separatists because it was the techno union, which was the rope, like the droid slash Android, like the, yeah, we saw them in at least in the prequel trilogy. And we saw them a lot in the clone wars animated show where, you know, they had that kind of tech and they helped build the droids and things like that or design the droids. And so I thought that was interesting that all this stuff came from that separatist piece. So for me, that was I liked that because this political stuff that you just don't see much of in Star Wars. It's about the action and the lightsabers and the blasters and the Mandalorians and the Beskar armor. And the. so I was like, Ooh, that's kind of cool that we're seeing because I always enjoy this is one of my favorite parts of back before the you know, when we still only had the original trilogy and the holiday, the Christmas special, uh, you know, the best part about the extended universe in the books was like, we would get things like Thrawn and what was happening with the empire after, you know, the return of the Jedi and, and the things that were happening in between those things. And so for me, those are the things that I really latched onto. So when Christopher Lloyd started talking about separatists, I was like, Ooh, that's interesting. It's a different take. Cause I just wasn't expecting it at all. So I thought that was kind of fun, but that's that for me. That was the best part of this episode was the political, interesting take on what was going on, and then watching Din Djarin just be a complete dick to droids again. <laughs> that part's always funny to me. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Thought it was fun. Could have been better. Could have been worse. It certainly was an episode two, where we sit in the freaking pointless shit for an hour oh dalton so you gotta go get get going soon well that's too bad but i got one last thought to see what you guys think um i'm glad bo katan got the dark saber but i kind of wish we got a din v bow battle for the saber at least more din dark saber moments throughout the season din's kind of been mid season mid this season in comparison to other season what do you guys think uh i'll say i agree i've been Looking forward to and dreading the Din versus Bo battle because she'll kick I, his ass. Yeah, I mean <laughs> she'll beat his ass, and I like Bo Katan more than I. I have more uh, buy-in with Bo Katan because I watched all the animated shows, and she was really. Wait, cool. we're you saying she's truly more badass than Din in like oh, yeah. actual oh, lore. Hundred yeah. percent. Oh. Yeah, she's she's older. She's way more experienced. She's got yeah. She would kick the shit out of this dude. He's a gunslinger. She's just a brawler, which is the, one of the differences between the two of them. But um, but I like her, and I really like her character in this show. I like what they've done with it. So, But I do feel like they're not doing Din Djarin any favors this season. I, I really think his character and that drive is suffering. But I could also see them shifting. And I said this season one, that Din Djarin should not be the center of this show forever because there's not enough buy-in for him or story to keep it moving. And we're starting to see that in my opinion, this is their jump the shark season because it's too much. You have to include him, but he's not the most interesting character in the show right now, in my opinion. So I think it would be smart of them to shift 
the Mandalorian to more of a group of like the Mandalorians show moving forward. But that's just me. What do you guys think about Dalton's question? I uh, kind of agree with the Din versus Bo battle, like what JJ was saying. That would have been cool, but also how do you do it justice, right? To where it makes sense, but also gets to the end result. So I kind of like what they, the direction they took um, and just avoided it completely. Um, makes perfect sense. As far as like with Din, yeah, he's been kind of a loser this season. <laughs> um, and I almost would prefer, I think, maybe if they did something a little similar to what they did with the Book of Boba Fett, mm. but the Book of Bo-Katan. Yeah. Um, and then just bring in Din uh, for a couple episodes here and there. So you still have that tie in. Um, but then, you know, have the Mandalorian show for lack of a better term, kind of stay with him and Grogu traveling around the galaxy, uh, stirring up shit and, you know, getting paid for it. Um, and cause that's what was the real appeal is having these kind of, you know, stopping points along the way where he's collecting bounties and, you know, getting into trouble on just all over the galaxy. Uh, and so I think in, that would have been a direction I would like to see. Um, because yeah, I mean, for so far in this season, he's done what been captured, <laughs> um, like twice and, you know, just hasn't done anything. He fell the bottom of a hole. Um, like he's just, he's just been the damsel in distress the entire season, uh, which, eh, you know, kind of doesn't add to any of the character in my opinion. Yeah. What about you, Madsen? I'll make it quick. I mean, you guys already said what I was going to say. Uh, great. Thanks for chiming in as well. We had a question from one of our uh, guest hosts about how we were feeling about kind of Dinger in the season. Um, I agree. I think he's been just kind of in the back burner, and I've been disappointed that there hasn't been more to kind of drive where he's at. But I think to JJ's point, maybe there really isn't more. And I do like this new narrative of where Bo-Katan's going. Um I'm excited about that. I didn't really want them to fight, to be honest, because it I wasn't sure how they would make that happen in a conflict, one that I would believe or want to believe, because it seemed like they were getting along, and I actually liked their partnership. And so I'd rather see them kind of stay together than grow apart. So I wasn't really rooting for that to happen. But I hope we have Din go out more on a, a high note. And I don't know... If, the way things are going right now, I just don't know if he's going to be able to carry the show anymore, nor should he. And the same thing with Grogu. I think it's just more of a puppet that's become distracting, that's cute, but doesn't... Clearly, this season, no purpose to why he's there. Unless that whole cloning thing is going to get kicked back up with Thrawn or whatever's happening, and we're going to basically redo season one to an extent. I don't know. Please God, no. I hope not. <laughs> Well, and that's kind of what just like is a final note on that. Like, I wish they would. I hope that they kind of transfer the lead of the show to a group of Mandalorians or like the Mandalorians in general. And he's kind of a side character here and there. But I'd love to see those two like leave. And then we have a couple of seasons or a season or two without him. And then we have a time jump. And you come back and now Grogu can at least speak because now it's like the first season and even the second season, he was cute. It was funny. He's eating frog eggs. He's 
doing weird cookie shit. Like he was adorable and it added value because you're like, well, we haven't seen anything like this before. Now it's starting to feel like they don't know what to do with him, but he's got to be there. So he becomes Lizzo's freaking pet for an episode or, you know, he does like weird shit or he has one little fight with another, you know, Mandalorian kid where he he's always underestimated because he's a little kid. You know, he's practically a baby. So, yeah, I need there, there needs to be something that shifts and it could be. Gray makes a good point. I feel like he needs to get his feet under him again, like something's been testing his equilibrium. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. It feels like ever since he took the Darksaber at the end of season two, he just hasn't even trying too hard. Like, he hasn't figured it out, and now he's back in the swing of things. So, But, again, now I've lost interest. I'm more interested in what's going on with Mandalore and Bo-Katan. So, I don't know. They've, they've written themselves in a weird corner, and they have an easy way out. I just hope they're brave enough to take it. You know what I mean? And, you know, even if they have to separate it and hopefully pull him out or change the whole dynamic in some way, but they need to do something because it's hit and miss. I don't know what I'm going to get every episode and I don't know if I'm going to like it. First two seasons, even a crap episode, I was like, this is dope. I'm not feeling that way this season, unfortunately, even though I did enjoy this one. So. I did not expect us to talk this long about this episode, but <laughs> we had some good questions from, from Dalton and some good points from Gray. So I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. I, I'm interested Two What is it? Two episodes left? Seven and eight? Yeah. Yeah. Should be interesting. Uh, here you go, Dalton. Maybe the Mandalorian writers just took my advice on Din's character development and fighting ability. It'll get better before it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys see you Dalton as Bye, always Dalton. buddy good chatting with you man miss you we'll have to have you back on again uh, that was funny that was good it'll get better before it gets worse that's still epic accident that worked out uh, so with that Alec um, and Gray dude that one got Gray too that was his <laughs> catchphrase when he was on for a couple episodes Gray it was fun uh, yeah he did a lot of the Mandalorian with us last season so all right, Alec, tell everybody where they can find us when they're not hanging out with us live, buddy. Happy to. Uh, so thank you for tuning into our live show as we discuss The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 6. This was one for the guest hosts. Quite magnificent guest cast. Uh, we will be back same time next week to discuss the next episode. So be sure to tune in to get all things Mandalorian. If this is your first time tuning in, check out the other content we have available. Wherever fine podcasts can be found, including Apple, Stitcher, Ghana, or even good old YouTube, where you can match voices with faces. Special thanks to our current patron, Sputtering Thathafras. You are the greatest, and I hope your succotash never suffers. If you are a fan of the podcast and want to be more involved, consider joining us on Patreon, where you can vote on movie and TV content, view behind-the-scenes footage, and force us to watch some of the greatest and worst movies ever made. With that, I will kick it back to the Caliph of Clout, the Behemoth of Bust, JJ. Sputtering sassafras. I'm so glad he did that. I'm so glad you looked it up, dude. I, that was fantastic. Uh, that's good shit. I knew it was coming. Uh, I, it, <laughs> I did kind of ask for it directly, so I'm glad he did it. Charles, always good for a laugh, buddy. Um, yeah, thanks, Alec. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, we appreciate you tuning in, everyone. And as always, we'll catch you on the next one. Hey. 
Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic out.